Daniel Ali is an Iraqi Kurd who grew up in a Muslim family under Saddam Hussein's regime and against his campaigns against the Kurdish people in northern Iraq. He lived through the thousands of chemical weapons attacks on the Kurdish people, and Daniel, in his college years, actually was an active resistance leader in the Kurdish and Arab forces that were fighting against the Saddam regime, and did so for 16 years. He, in 1996, him and his lovely wife, who is not here, um, who is actually from the United States, and their meeting in courtship is a very interesting story for another time, very lovely. But they both were baptized in 1996, and in 1998, Daniel Ali entered the Catholic Church, and he came to the United States, and he worked for the U.S. government for over a decade. He has written multiple books, including a great one that's for sale back there that I highly recommend, um, the Cath uh, in Inside Islam, A Guide for Catholics. And it's in question and answer format, and I read it cover to cover. It's very good. And he also has written another book called Out of Islam, Free at Last, which is not for sale back there, but you can get it on Amazon. And he has another book that he's currently working on about answering Muslims' questions about Jesus Christ. He has spent the majority of his time since he converted evangelizing both Jews, Muslims, and actually only came back from Israel last year where he had been preaching the gospel to both Jews and Muslims in northern Israel. He's a very courageous man. We're lucky to have him here. And I'm going to hand it over now to Daniel Ali. Good evening, everyone. Oh, well. When I uh, moved to the U.S., uh, my wife first week asked me if you, if you like pizza. I said, yeah, I love pizza. She said, would you like some buffalo wings? I said, buffalo what? <laughs> she said, buffalo wings. Now, I know enough English to know that buffaloes don't have wings. <laughs> we had them in Iraq, water buffaloes, they don't have wings. But I thought with myself, maybe because U.S. is a big country, what, this what so-called evolution developed here and they had to have wings. So I said, hurry up, man, how many you want? I said, one. <laughs> Thinking the size of the buffalo. I said, darn it, they come in a package of 10. And I said to myself, what, what, what kind of savage nation they kill 10 buffaloes from one person? Bears at me. So the ends with Buffalo in New York, and um, that was my introduction to USA. When I came to USA, I had preconceived idea about it. That it is a Christian country. And I have uh, ideas also perceived, needless to say, from Hollywood. 
I actually did not want to come to USA. I want to go to Europe, and I had uh, many invitations from a few countries to come there. But uh, my wife, Sarah, she said, we go to the state three years, and then we'll go back to Europe, wherever you like. I said, that's a deal, so long it is not hot place. She said, no, it's not. Virginia is not hot. So with the day we landed, landed in Virginia, don't you know it's 95 with humidity 80? <laughs> I said, that's not a good start, man. So, being a Kurd minority in Iraq, discriminated against, bullied, butchered throughout our known history, not only the Kurds, but other minorities as well. Shiites were not minority, they were majority of the Iraq. They were massacred. Others also were to this and or that extent. Saddam was successful in dividing and ruling Iraqis. And the Iraqis, bless you. And the Iraqis were uh, dumb enough to buy into it. But he was a shrewd man. So seeing this society divided upon itself and discrimination rampant, I just didn't like it. I look at them, they have couple eyes, I have couple eyes. They have legs, I do have legs. They are ugly, I'm good looking. <laughs> so why the discrimination? On what? Why you discriminate against a human person? That I still do not understand. But so long we remain in this flesh, we will always discriminate. Because we do not have the capacity to accept and to love unconditionally everyone. That's given for our human nature. Born as a Muslim, I do not have any reason to question my old faith. I did not have reason to doubt it. I didn't have reason to belittle it at all. And still, I don't. But you as a person, when you take upon yourself avow that you're searching for the truth, you have to obligate yourself accordingly with gentlemen would self a contract that whatever the consequences leads you to, you have to abide by it. At least that much honesty with yourself should be present. So I still started reading the Quran because in Iraq you really didn't have much to do except reading books and watching Saddam. <laughs> we had two channels in Iraq, channel seven and channel nine. You turn it in the morning, channel seven, Saddam is talking. And he did not talk for five minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it was hours. You turn it to channel nine, Saddam is speaking there as well. <laughs> Afternoon was a time that you turn the channel, hopefully that he's not talking. Wrong, he was. <laughs> so for years we had Saddam for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. To such a point that my dad grabbed a picture of Saddam and put it in the 
on the TV, said, oh. <laughs> there is, there is nothing else but them. So why bother with electricity? That's the truth. True, Saddam was uh, a dictator. Saddam was a butcher uh, of worst kind. But he didn't care about religion or Tabi so long you don't open your mouth or write against him. He did not care. 1968, I was going to school. I just took different one. My brother ordered that we take, go through the main market. So we walked through the main market, and something tells me to turn to the left. And I turned to the left, I saw the screen TV for the first time in my life. I saw nine, nine men hung. You could imagine a young kid that age, nine men to be hung in front of you, what kind of early in the morning? I don't think it's an easy impression to forget. So I couldn't wait to come back home and ask my dad, why? So I asked him, these were Jews who were accused of espionage for Israel. It was, um, it was unfounded. Be as it may. So I asked that, who are these people? And why they are hung? He said, just because. I said, just because what? He said, just because they are Jews. I hated the answer, and I felt this in my heart that just because a person is a person, you kill him for whatever he is. That is cowardice. In between, a year before or a year after, I'm not sure. I'm too old to remember all things, these things. Uh, there was a movie theater in our town, and I asked brothers to take me with them. By cries of mom, my older brother agreed to take me to the movie. The only clip, the only clip I remember from movie is a woman put a child in a basket in a river. That was it. I did not remember anything else. These all and other events came to memory when I was baptized in 1995. September 17th, 1995. My life, like a flash, seconds, every time God's hand was upon me and he wanted to tell me something, came clear in mind, evident, clear. The church used to call the sacrament of baptism in the beginning, in the early centuries, the sacrament of enlightenment. It is enlightenment. So the more I studied Quran, Iraq is diverse in the society. You have Christians, many denominations, mainly Chaldean and Assyrian, but there are also Armenian, and there are also Protestant, and there are Muslims, mainly too, Shiite and Sunnis, Shiite and majority. Sunnis are the minority. 
And within the Shiites you have many schools, and within the Sunnis you have many schools. And then there are among the Kurds, though the Kurds majority are Muslims, Sunnis, but there are Shiites among them as well. In addition to that, there are other religions among the Muslim, uh, among the Kurds. Uh, schools or remnant of Zoroastrian, or Zarathustra, Kakaia, the also known nowadays as Yazidiyin, those people who were butchered and their wives who were taken as slaves and maids and concubines and what have you. I.S. Selwan was attacking Nineveh or Mosul and subsequently the town next to Utsinjar and then Syria. There are a lot of sects in Iraq, a lot of them. But it just so happened in my life that vast majority of the neighbors we had were always Christian, either right hand or left hand. And to me, these Christians were very nice, very peaceful. One thing about them I will never ever forget. They were so peaceful, you could sense a person is in peace. He is serene. Despite all the atrocities comes upon their lives on daily occurrences. I wonder where they get this peace. How in the world they are so powerful, so strong. They let go of insults and mockery and beating and just live their life and march forward. Alongside of it, I study my old faith, the Quran. So I, we had in Iraq the TV and we had the books. I chose the books. I read any book comes to my way because that was an escape mechanism out of Saddam and the jail and the lack of freedom we had. 1976, I wrote a poem against them and there was a relative, relative yet freedom in Iraq. The freedom in Iraq totally gone in 1982. If you are brave enough to write something, there will be consequences, but I, really I didn't care. So I landed in Saddam's hospitality for eight months. Loving care of Saddam. My dad had to sign a piece of paper that his son, that I will never write anymore. Essays, political essays. I said, yeah, where should I sign? Over here. All right. I signed it. Next week, I wrote another piece, poetry. So they grabbed me one more time. Didn't we tell you last week, don't write? I said, well, you didn't tell me what to write? Not. What not to write? You said essay. This is not essay. This is poet. <laughs> so the Iraqi agent told my dad, this kid is going to make a problem for you. Cast him away to his relatives in Suleimani and the depth of Kurdistan, and don't keep him around you. One led to another. One led to another. The first thing I came to mind, that came to my mind, is Adam in the Quran. Adam and Hawa, Eve, Adam and Eve are created in the heaven. 
And the Quran says they were created as successors of God on earth. Khalifatan li ala al-ard. For those of you, I think there's only two who could understand Arabic. They committed the sin we know. We call it the original sin. The Muslim call it the first forgiven sin. I thought to myself, wait a second. If he was forgiven, how come he didn't return back to heaven? Why on earth? If I have no relation, if you have no relation with Adam and Eve's sin, how come you are here in uh, Greenville? How come you are not in heaven? So there must be a relation between me and Adam and Eve. Subsequent logical conclusion. Then the second thing was the person of Christ. The emphasis, the huge emphasis on the person of Christ and Mary, and that Christ is sinless, and his mother is sinless, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, came upon Mary and dwelt in Mary, that which dwelt in Mary became a son, or for the heck of it, what is this? Isn't this incarnation? The emphasis on the person of Christ, he is the word of God in Islam. But wait, not the word of God as you understand it. It's a command. Like God said, let there be light, and there was light. In that sense. He is the spirit of God. He is endowed with many things. Nobody else did of the prophets. None. Singly, none. Not even Muhammad. If Muhammad was the perfect prophet, and they brought about the seal of all books, which supersede everything, the perfect revelation, don't you think it is logical for Muhammad to be born sinless? And that his mother should be immaculately conceived? And that should he speak while he was a child? Raise birth from clays? But Islam denied that he was crucified. Well, in fact, as they deny it, they prove it. I'm causing you to die, and I will raise you up to myself. They disagree on the word mutawafika. I'll cause you to die. You ask yourself, wait a second. God threw his likeliness, that is to say the likeliness of Muhammad, on somebody else, and that somebody else, which there is a long list in Islam about who is that person is, that person was crucified. That's, that can't be. God is God of truth. He cannot be deceiving God. Even if you want to try, according to Islam, rescue Jesus from the hand of his enemy. That's not work that way. That's so the creation is sophistry. So what I see is really not what I see. It might be something else. And you could lead it to stretch it. You could say, okay, even Muhammad maybe was not Muhammad. Why stop there? Then on top of that, Jesus must come on judgment day. Until the son of Mary comes on the judgment day, he will kill all the non-believers, 
The infidels, those who love PLT, BLT, bacon, lettuce, tomato, Convert everybody, marry, have a few child, children, die in the age 43. Okay, let's buy that. Let's say this is what the case is. Jesus himself also said in the Quran, blessed be the day I was born, the day I will die, and the day I will be resurrected again. You got it? Let me repeat it again because I'm going to connect something here. Blessed be the day I was born. Born, the day I will die, the day I will be resurrected again. Okay, some Muslims deny that he was died. He was consumed to heaven because he was not crucified. So Jesus is not dead. He will come on judgment day, kill all the infidels, turn everybody to become Muslim, destroy the pigs and the swans and what have you, marry, have a few children, and then die, and then resurrect again. Wait a second. Gosh darn it, it doesn't work this way. You have birth, you have death, you have a resurrection. There is nothing after that. In the resurrection day, you either go to heaven, the blessed of the Lord, or you'll be toasted in hell, when barbecued. But Jesus was born, didn't die, died in the judgment day, and they're resurrected. There is no resurrection anymore. It's, it's finished. That's when illogicality falls into. Two, for those Muslims who believe that Jesus was killed and crucified, crucified and taken up to heaven. We have another problem with that. Blessed be the day I was born, the day I will die, the day I'll be resurrected again. Okay, they say that Jesus comes to the Last thing come to set, judge humanity. Wait a second. Jesus, didn't you guys told me that he was just a prophet? How could he judge humanity? That's function of God. Else he interchangeably changes position with the Lord. And that says it's perfect. Another text I believe give you from the Quran. And for those who are here from the Arabic language brothers, I'm going to quote in Arabic. It says, بَيْنَمَا كُنْتُ بَيْنَهُمْ بَيْنَمَا كُنْتُ بَيْنَهُمْ كُنْتُ الرَّقِيبَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَكِنْ عَنْدَمَا رَفَعْتَنِي كُنْتَ أَنْتَ الرَّقِيبَ When I was among them, I watched over them. But when you took me up to yourself, you watched over them. And the tense here, he's speaking about the world. عَلَمَيْن Tools. Past, present. Uh, future and present. How a prophet could watch over humanity? Impossible. Only God could do that. And this text is correct only if Jesus and God are one and the same. Only if Jesus and God are one and the same. That's just one of the things. I'll mention the third point and I'll go to my conversion story. And I could talk about it for maybe 150 days, non-stop. <laughs> the second thing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is defined sometimes in the Quran as the Spirit of God. If He is the Spirit of God, then He is eternal. 
Correct? Sometimes he is speaking, spoke of all as the Archangel Gabriel. And if he is the Archangel Gabriel, then he is creation, creation, created, created being, finite, not infinite. And at the time, Muhammad in his tradition, he claimed that he was the paraclete, the Greek for uh, Holy Spirit. Well, uh, which one should I take? Is he the Spirit of God? Is he the Archangel Gabriel? Or is he Muhammad? And if I take this, why I should leave that? Is this cohesive? There is no cohesiveness in it. Last point I didn't want to mention, but I'm going to mention it. Muslims believe that the Quran is the eternal word of God, was with God below him mahfuz, and a preserved tablet, resembling the tablet, Ten Commandments, Moses. If the Quran preserved in tablets and always been with God, then the Quran is uncreated. If it is uncreated, then he is, it is not a book, it is a person divine. And if you tell me it is created, the Quran discrediting itself because it says it is in and Mahfuz and the heavenlies. Preserved and tablets in the heavenlies. Which one is it? They come to abrogation theory. That the Old Testament, pardon me, nullification theory, they come to the say that the Bible and the Torah and the New Testament are corrupted. If it is corrupted, which kind of corruption? They tell you two. Tahrif al-Nas or Tahrif al-Ma'anim Nas. One, corruption of the text, and the second is corrupting the meaning of the text. One do not jive with the other. If you have the text, and then you have the corruption of the meaning of the text. Well, it tells me the text is there. But the Quran itself says that the Jews, the scribes, and Christian monks change it for their own uh, reason. And also, some of them say to omit the name of Ahmad, which is another rendition for the word Muhammad from the Old Testament and the New Testament. If it is the case. How come then you tell them Muhammad in the Quran mandated if you were in doubt in what we have sent you then then go ask the people of the book. How could God command Muhammad to ask the people of the book when the people of the book don't have the book themselves? And I'm just going through a few. If it was not written that I'm going to give you my testimony, I would convert it to Catholicism, I would have gone with this one. And I love to do it. And I'm tempted. But I'm not going to. So, after years of study, you come to a conclusion with yourself, you decide, no. This, this cannot be divine. This source cannot be divine. This is in addition to the internal and external critic, textual criticism, Geographical error, 
historical era, and then the University of Al-Aqsa, also well, nowadays understood as it is Jerusalem, and by the way, Jerusalem not even mentioned one time in the Quran or one time in Muhammad's tradition. Israel is the holy land for the Jews. Even the Quran says that. Ard al-Mi'ad, the promised land. So this claim you have about Palestine and the uh, Dome of the Rock is just modern development. It has absolutely no base on the Quran. None, zilch, nada. You spend eternity on it, you will not find it. Father mentioned that one of the problems among the Muslims is they are in what I call shock. For the first time in their history, they hear the other side's perspective of their history. For the first time in history, they hear the other side's perspective of their theology. For the first time, they are able to read what other things of them. Of course, immediately when somebody attacks you, you go to auto-mechanism, self-defense. And it expresses itself in many ways. And Father mentioned terrorism, for example. So I decided myself, this faith is out. Next. <laughs> when I met my wife, God bless her soul, she was visiting uh, my country of origin. We married over there. We came to the United States of America. And I told her one condition in marriage. Holy Spirit, don't you ever talk to me about Jesus. I said, why? Son of a gun, you, all these things you say about Jesus and the Quran, you, and you give me, prevent me from talking about Jesus. I said, if he is alive, and I think he is, that was my word, he will convict me himself. He could, he could handle it, he could do it. And boy, he did. Boy, he did in a way you will never believe. I hate going to shopping centers. That's why I'm working in a shopping center. I hate going to ladies' uh, attires because I have no business there. I have certain who I am, what God created me, so I don't look for second definition of myself. That is not in my brain. As a friend asked me, he said, have you had sex education in Iraq? I said, no. He said, then how did you know what to do in marriage? He said, simple, you sleep with a woman, you know what to do. That doesn't take science, it's nature takes over. Nature takes over. You don't need sex education unless you are not certain who you are. And if you are not certain who you are, the father of all lies puts that uncertainty in your brain. Otherwise you are cut clear. As you, you are in God's side and your side if you look in the mirror, if not if doubtful. Be So. I told her, don't talk about Christ for me, period. She did. She didn't talk about Christ. She lived him in person, in love, in charity. No matter how jerk I was with her, she was more loving and more kind. And I thought to myself, what the heck is wrong with this woman? Don't she get it? She told me one day, listen, just for your information, FYI, hello, do you hear me? 
I want to remain in the marriage not because you are perfect man, obviously you are not, but I think you are called from God to do something great. She spoke to my ego. Okay, keep talking. I'm listening. I walked out of the marriage. I drove from Virginia and instead of going to Pennsylvania, I found myself in Indianapolis. And I found myself, I'm not kidding, literally, in women's Atari shop. And I saw beautiful dress. And God told me, in my heart, audible, buy it. Your wife, an XZY address. In Lisa's house, with her husband, Michael, go knock on the door, and by the way, she will not believe you. Give her the address, apologize to her, and ask her how to be baptized. Now, I, as a man, not some men are good, but generally speaking, men are not good at directions. You put me in cul-de-sac, I'm so talented, I will find a way to get lost. I'm really, really bad. And I drove from Indianapolis straight to that address. I didn't have map, and even if I have map, like any man, we don't look at it. We keep it next to us. We don't use manuals. It was written for women. We always have a couple of screws left after we, we assembled the desk, but that was the mistake of the manufacturer. <laughs> Not, man is wired differently. So I gave what I gave to my wife, and thereafter, not a month more than that, a month or so, it was arranged for me to be baptized, and I was baptized in the same place my wife baptized, been baptized in, 17 years apart. Same pastor, same witnesses. Then we had Bible study. We passed tracts in our neighborhood to save those uh, unsaved ones, those not who knows the scripture. In my mind, then, Catholic was included. So as counter-evangelizing, one lady Catholic, she was uh, a friend of uh, late theologian Father William G. Most. She said, if you have any question about the faith, I have this man who is theologian, blah, 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 blah. How about if you come and ask him any question you want? I said, well, that's a challenge. I will go for it. But before that, my neighbor was Joe Sobron. Some of you know who he is. Joe Sobron was uh, as a good man. He had a grandson. His name is Joseph, also. Little Joe, I loved him. I said, little Joe, come over here. And they, are, they were financially extremely in bad shape. Extremely bad shape. So I want to find any excuse in dignified way to give little Joe some money. So I said, little Joe, Joe I'm going to ask you a few questions. If you answer it, I'll give you $20. He said, shoot. I said, where do you get this immaculate conception things you got? You as a Catholic. And some other things in the Bible. He said, Dan, you growing up, don't you know that? And that not everything is written in the Bible. And the Bible itself says that. I said, myself, son of a gun. There you go. That's $20. You got a point. Second sunset, he came to the house, I asked him another question, and he got the same answer. He got good, good answer. There's another 20. I said, don't come tomorrow. He said, no, I'm coming because I need 150 to buy something. 
Biazitnay, we went to Father Mose, who catechized us for four years, privately. Needless to say, in my childhood, Christians played a big role in their silent evangelization and some active evangelization. One of the priest's neighbors gave me a book about Christian martyrdom, the Eastern Christian martyrdom, Eastern Rite, R-I-T-E. Man, I love that book. I thought to myself, look at this bravery. Look at this bravery. This man is so convicted in his faith, they are burning him on the stake, and he is not willing to deny the name of Jesus just to get out of it. Muslim martyrs, they kill a bunch in the process of killing themselves. Which one more strong? A person who punch or a person who receives yet unwilling to punch back? Which one is easier? To kill or to pray for your enemy? The truth is, by their deeds you shall know them. By their deeds you shall know them. And there is 1400 years of deeds. If thou had little, some called brain in the upper chamber here, you will come to that conclusion. It's not hard. I don't want to take more time. I'll just receive the question. God bless you all. Any questions? Thank you.